Father, open our hearts and ears now that we might hear from you and be blessed by what we hear and understand from the scriptures. Give me the words to say to make this clear to all of us here tonight. Amen. So this is a sermon about a family, a family with a great role to play in history and in God's purposes, Uh, also a family with a lot of problems to face. How's your family harmony? Any tensions? Any resentments or rivalries? Any people in your family who don't always get on, who clash from time to time? Any rifts or old wounds? There are a lot of smiles, and there are a few tonight. There are a lot of smiles this morning as I said these things because I think we all know that living in families and with family is both a joy and a fulfilment as well as being a strain and a grief to us in various ways at various times. We're about to embark upon a sermon series on the story of the family of Jacob, verse 2 tells us. Uh, Joseph, he of the coat of many colours, is the central character in this story, and we'll spend a fair bit of time following his trajectory in life. But the story is the story of Jacob and his sons, not just Joseph. Today, we're going to get acquainted with this family in our reading from Genesis 37, and you might like to have that in front of you. And I want to kind of talk about those two things I mentioned, that here is a family with a great role to play in God's purposes in the world, and here is a family with a lot of problems that they need to face. So let's begin with the first one. Jacob's family had a great role to play in God's purposes. Now, uh, I've given an A45 sheet out, and this might uh, be a good time to pull that out and just see where we're up to, where we are in the Bible here, when we're talking about Jacob's family. We're in Genesis, the very first book of the Old Testament, which is the Um, you know, first part of the Bible. And in Genesis, on the second line there, you can see that after a prologue of 11 chapters, uh, we have this list of names, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And the story of Genesis is largely about this one family or this series of families and one line of descent from Abraham through Isaac to Jacob. And those three are the three patriarchs. Jacob, who's also known as Israel, has 12 sons, and those 12 sons are the founders uh, of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, Joseph is not himself a patriarch. His story, as it's told, is part of Jacob's story. Uh, So, as I said, we're in the story of Jacob's family. And this family carries a mighty promise from God. Genesis 12, 1-3, the very beginning of Abraham's story, is an, a really important passage and moment in the, in the unfolding story of the Bible. And I hope you've heard it before and maybe uh, you know what Genesis 12, 1-3 says broadly. Let me, let me remind you. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you I will curse and in you 
all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There is the promise that kind of kicks off the the rest of the story of the Bible. And God reaffirms this promise to Abraham at various times in his life and also to his son Isaac and Isaac's son Jacob uh, in their turn. And the unfolding story of the Old Testament and indeed the whole Bible is the story of this promise of God's blessing to and through Abraham coming to its fulfilment. We see, you know, that happening in part and in a way that uh, makes a start on the fulfilment. And indeed, towards the end of our story of Joseph, we're going to see that he, Abraham's descendant Joseph, is himself going to be a great blessing to many nations in the midst of a terrible famine. But ultimately, the story really finds its end in Jesus, Abraham's descendant Jesus, who does bring God's greatest blessings upon all the families of the earth, all the tribes, nations, peoples and lines of descent. Uh, Joseph's dreams that we have in this chapter do foreshadow the great role that he is going to play. He's going to come to a place of authority. He's going to be one to whom others bow down. He's going to be a saviour to whom they cry out. But... Sounds great, but the path to that moment is not an easy one because for Joseph it's going to pass through betrayal. It's going to pass through slavery and imprisonment and injustice. But all that's coming. For the moment, we meet this family and this family clearly has a few problems. So let's look now at Jacob's family, which has a lot of problems to face. Now, Joseph is the source of, you know, at least some of these problems. Here's this 17-year-old son of Jacob's favourite wife, Rachel. And he tells a tale about his half-brothers, the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah. Now, it's important to know, perhaps, that Rachel, Joseph's mother, was one of four wives that Jacob had. And Bilhah and Zilpah, who were two other wives of Jacob's, were kind of, they'd begun as slave girls in the household and become wives. And so they'd been kind of promoted to wifehood from a lowly place. And they probably, you know, felt a little bit secondary as a result. And uh, certainly their sons may have been a bit sensitive to the son of the favoured wife and what he had to say. And so here, when Joseph tells a tale, and not a good one, about these half-brothers of his, there's a disturbance. This is exactly the kind of thing that is likely to cause resentment. And Jacob's attitude, the father's attitude, makes things worse because he dotes conspicuously on this late-born first son of his favourite wife, Rachel. Verse 3, Jacob had uh, made Joseph a long robe with sleeves, or as the old translation has it, a coat of many colours. And here is, you know, the technicolour dream coat of the musical's title. Now, it's not clear exactly what the translation should be, but what is clear is that this coat is something lavish something that raises Joseph's status, that indicates where his father's preference lay. And so then this reason for resentment 
is just given a reason to fester and grow. Here, the older brothers, the ten sons of Leah and Bilhar and Zilpah, well, they can't easily defy their father who may have given this you know, gift to their younger brother, but they can certainly shun their younger brother and be pretty unpleasant to him. Now, this is hardly a mature or constructive response in this situation, but nonetheless, that is what they do. They begin to hate him and shun him. And then the dreams come and they really throw some petrol on the fire. Joseph was perhaps tactless to share these dreams with his brothers, given that they are transparently about his brothers and even his parents acknowledging his superior position. And the jeering response of the brothers is pithily expressed. Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? You know, brothers should be brothers and younger brothers should be younger brothers. What is this insufferable, apparently arrogant Joseph playing at? Even Jacob, the father who has elevated Joseph with the coat, even Jacob is scandalised. In verse 10 he says, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come, I and your mother and your brothers, and bow down to the ground before you? It seems outlandish, even outrageous, to imagine such a dream could be prophetic, could be from God. I mean... Why would God reveal the future to Joseph, of all people? Why would God encourage his brattish pretensions? His brothers are indeed further provoked. His brothers were jealous of him. But the last part of the text says that his father kept the matter in mind. For Jacob had himself had a dream which was a revelation from God. The young Jacob had in his own day caused great trouble in his own family. He deceived his father Isaac into giving him the blessing that was intended for his older brother Esau. And fleeing Esau's wrath, he dreamt one night on the road north He dreamt of a ladder reaching to heaven, festooned with angels, and he heard God's promise spoken to him. Know that I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go. And so Jacob, having had this experience of a dream, when he hears those two striking dreams that his son Joseph has, thinks, hmm, I wonder... I wonder what this means. And in fact, these dreams are from God. But what they mean is not really apparent yet. The the brothers who are offended by these dreams don't understand that this scene that's symbolised by the first dream, that's going to occur. But it won't be some great victory for Joseph in a struggle to dominate his brothers. His brothers won't even know that they are bowing to Joseph when it happens. And... When Joseph has his brothers bow down to him, that's going to be an extremely difficult and painful moment for him. So 
The dream is perhaps not what it seems at first presentation, but again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Right now, right now, we have a young, entitled brother winding up his envious older brothers whose pride is offended. And this is all happening under the roof of a father who should have known better what favouritism does in a family. And yet, despite of all this trouble, God is at work. And these divinely sent dreams may make things worse in the short run, it seems, but in the long run, they are going to come true and they are going to serve God's purposes of blessing and salvation and healing and reconciliation when they do. So what problems does your family face? Uh, Tolstoy wrote, All happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. The problems of your family will be unlike the problems of Jacob's family in some ways. However, your family may struggle with some favouritism, either perceived or real, that has stirred up jealousy and envy, resentment and hatred even. And if you are the ill-favoured one, you may struggle greatly and nobly not to resent, not to wish ill, not to snipe and undermine and punish, as Joseph's brothers ended up doing. And you may strive nobly and greatly, but you may not always strive successfully. And if you are resented, if you are the one who is envied or hated by certain other members of your family, despite wishing them no harm, then you might struggle, again, nobly and greatly, not to hate in return, not to do that, but rather to forgive, to seek peace. And again, you may strive, but not always successfully. If your family is uncomplicated, is peaceable and loving, then, well, rejoice. And be aware that it is not always so, sadly. And that God's revelation, when it came into Joseph's family, only made things worse. It was misunderstood. People leapt to the conclusion that Joseph, as he shared this dream, was just puffing himself up with the notion that he was better than the rest. It's not the meaning of the dream, but that's what people felt was being said. And the same way it still happens, that people who are just sharing what God has shown them can be thought by their families and friends to be, to be claiming to be better, even if it's not so. If your family is complicated if it's conflicted, if it's dysfunctional in some ways, then here are two things. May I suggest that you pray. You pray that God teaches you and enables you to avoid responding sinfully. Cain should not have murdered Abel. Joseph's brothers should not have nursed such hatred for their half-brother, even if he may have been spoilt and hard to bear. And so whatever provocation we might receive in our families, let us be forbearing.
Let us be slow to take offence. Let us be quick to forgive. Let us be unwilling to bear a grudge. Let us be constructive as we can be. Let us be as patient and as fair as we know how, even when we aren't treated right. Let's do what's right, what resolves issues, not what leads to further alienation. Secondly then, if your family has troubles, know that God's plan is that all the families of the earth shall be blessed by the offspring of Abraham. That God has this big plan to bless all the families of the earth. This is the promise that this one family, troubled as it was, was carrying. And Paul picks this up later, much later in the New Testament, in Galatians 3.8. He said this scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, he would justify the nations, he would justify every tribe, every line of descent. He would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. Human relationships, our families, they may seem like unfixable, cursed even the way they are continually going wrong. And Jacob probably felt that at times. And yet, in this very bad situation in this family, God brought good out of evil. God brought life out of apparent death. God brought reconciliation out of hatred. And so let's hope and pray for our families, that they might find blessing through the blessing that comes to all families through Jacob's family. That is the blessing that comes to everyone who will reach out for it through Jesus Christ, to whom we bow and who stands ready to help, to save to bring good out of evil, to bring life out of apparent death, to bring reconciliation out of hatred. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for families, especially when they are uncomplicated and peaceable and loving. We rejoice in them, Lord, for all the good things we receive from them in living together, in belonging together. But, Lord, we also know that family is complicated, conflicted, even dysfunctional, because we are ourselves sinners, just as Cain and Abel, just as Joseph and his brothers were. So, Lord, we pray that you would help us to repent of our sin and teach us to respond well to all the complications and difficulties of our families. Help us not to nurse hatred, but rather to be forbearing, constructive, patient, fair. Those who seek peace, reconciliation and healing. And we thank you for the promise that Jacob's family carried the promise that you would bless all the families of the earth through the offspring of Abraham. And we praise you that 
that you've kept that promise in Jesus Christ and we pray that in knowing him we might be enabled both to live well in our families and to see you work in our families to bring good out of evil, to bring reconciliation out of hatred. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.